Hey everyone, it's Karen, and this week we're doing something special and bringing you a recording that we did with the Growing Up Christian podcast. These guys are fun and hilarious, and they have a really good podcast going with uh, lots of smart content, but that's not what you're going to get this week. We will be doing our regular shtick next week. Um, Please find us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, our private Facebook group. Go look at our new spring merch that's really fun and cute. And also, don't forget, if you want to sponsor us, you can go to our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com, and sign up for the paid newsletter. And I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Yes, my Karen's audio is crap, but everyone else sounds stellar. All right, don't be a ship pile. Apparently, the production values got way out of hand, and they were bringing this camel down the aisle, and then the camel just boop tipped right over onto a pew of people. Oh my god! Yeah, pushed half a pew. Yeah. Wow! Did anyone get actually injured? We don't care. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Welcome to Growing Up Christian. Uh, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. And today we're joined by some fellow podcasters from a really great podcast. It's a lot of fun. Karen and Bonnie from Deconversion Therapy. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you guys? We are good. Yeah. Uh, Hanging in there. Thanks for talking for me, Casey. Doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging in there. I got you. (laughs) Is that not a phrase uh, that normal people use anymore? Hanging in there? Well, when you, when you ask how you're doing, I love it because when people ask me, I'm like, getting it done. <laughs> just, it's all arbitrary statements of yeah. just like existence. <laughs> the worst yeah. is when people go, oh, it's just another beautiful day in paradise. That makes me want to choke a person. Yeah. Or uh, live in the dream. Uh, <laughs> live in the yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My friend does that all the time and he hates it and That's he still doesn't he can't break with- himself. But that's just only said with sarcasm, right? No, no. Uh, what? I mean, there's a lot of people who say that, thinking they're the first people who have ever said that to me. <laughs> that's the meth generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Him hard. Yeah. I feel like we should, um, <laughs> uh, because I've had this criticism uh, about myself before, in that you listen in on a podcast and have no idea who's talking because there's uh, new voices on the podcast. I feel like maybe we should um, have some way of delineating between who Karen and Bonnie is for our listeners. <laughs> well, I'm Karen. I'm sort of the lazy voice, but with <laughs> the higher intelligence behind it. Okay. And Bonnie is more the bubbly Bell-like town. Okay, Bonnie. Bell, like the princess, or yeah. no? Like the fresh prince of Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't that like a Beauty and the Beast thing? 
No, I'm like bell. A, I was in the handbell choir, so I understand. Oh, handbell. Yes, handbells. I haven't thought about that in a long time. All right, I, F I handbells because hand. I auditioned for it and I didn't know how to read music and they said <laughs> flat no. <laughs> what do you have to know how to read music to do a bell choir? You need to learn your yes. one note, right? You have one note and you just wait till it shows up. You have to know you just when ring to your do fucking it. bell, right? You can't randomly just ding dong it. You yeah, gotta know when yeah. your <laughs> you know, when your boring part comes between the other boring parts. Well that was the whole thing is you had like one person who had like the six chimes that had all the off notes. And he might only play like one of those every, you know. He might play it three times in the whole song, but he's got like eight different ones he's gotta juggle throughout the whole thing. Right. <laughs> There was power. I mean, you whip out those gloves among yeah. your rejected friends like Bonnie, and you're like, excuse me, I have to put them on my gloves for <laughs> And when you got to cover them and touch them and make them do that plunk sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The gloves, there's like the white gloves that were like kept in a case, right? Like and yeah. nothing could touch the bells except for those gloves. That's right. Like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or See, like we didn't have at an archive at some library. Only Whatever they were covered with germs. Like that. So I'm glad you're dirty. <laughs> yeah, they're like bowling shoes, but for your yes, search uh, kid hands. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have bells though. We had chimes, so ours were like these long square tubes. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think like chimes like are an organ. <laughs> like, like the back part of an organ. Something. Like it was kind of like that. They were square though, and they had like this little hammer thing with a, a rubber piece on the end of it. Yeah, and you'd boom, and then you'd uh, pull it back against your shoulder to shut it up. Oh, oh yes. That, okay, I remember those. Very advanced. I think Eric Clapton played that in one song. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody ever went pro. You know, (laughs) there were people that occasionally did like handbell or hand chime solo. Like they would do like a solo performance where they played all of them and it was just like them running back and forth (laughs) across the table. And they never stayed in time. So it was always like (laughs) listening to someone's piano recital when they were like like two months in. Right. (laughs) Rendition of sweat. And maybe that's why the gloves. I've got to write down to to like do a YouTube search of that later. Yeah, look up some. Because Karen will tell you, I might do it right now, and you don't want to hear me. <laughs> type, type, type. I got to see what that is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to get back into it. So, <laughs> I guess to uh, <laughs> to uh, wait. So, which one of you did? Uh, one of you did bell choir. Uh, I did. Yeah. Uh, the real Christian in the group. Nice. Um, once you hear our stories, you know why I tease Bonnie for never being a true believer. But yeah, I did the handbells. And oh, read music cool. and you played piano. Ooh, you were... I could only play half of Endless Love. But <laughs> yeah. What else do you need? Honestly. <laughs> so it's only like three songs that are appropriate for a church performance. It's like holy, holy, holy. Uh, his eyes on the sparrow mm-hmm. and endless love. And that's it. <laughs> or jungle love. Yeah, dude. It was without fail. Like two, two of the girls from my school 
it, it, they rotated, but two of them every year would do his eyes on the sparrow for like the competition thing. <laughs> and they try to throw in all their trills. They're like uh, Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. They would actually, months, I think. Dude, you would lose points if you navigated away from the music. Like really? if you did like a vocal slide, like you did, uh, like if there wasn't distinctive notes in that progression, gotcha. you'd get marked off because that was seen as contemporary. What? Oh, really? That's like, that's like doing a little too much hip in the step touch. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> and you had to stand with your hands by your side. Yeah. And like that was, that was it. And I, one time I got marked off, like we didn't win first place in this trio that I did because they thought that my pants were made of denim. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't seal them up afterwards just to make sure. No, I think he must've decided like, it's I'm close su- enough for me. I'm surprised that wasn't somebody's job beforehand is just filling up all the boys' pants to make sure that they weren't made of denim. <laughs> it's like, um, the it's the job. Yeah. <laughs> that was a truly yeah. magical performance. <laughs> <laughs> Karen will tell you about uh, um, what was the thing that you and and other Karen did where you you got in trouble about the step touching and the dancing. (laughs) This is making me really (laughs) (laughs) take it away, Karen. I guess (laughs) that's right. We get scolded for you know if our Uh, it's not even possible to step touch and have your hip just go from one side to the other. Like your leg does have to make a movement, but we'd get scolded for that because that's too much hip. You did. The thing about Noah. Well, you can never be too careful. Because we did choir performances with our youth group. And then... Then, oh, I don't know whose decision it was to uh, to say, oh, you know what we're going to do for the summer youth trip? We're going to take you kids on a little tour of, like, northern Florida, south Georgia, and on one of these days, we're going to bring you all to a prison. You're going to sing for the inmates. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, my boyfriend at the time was like, you're going to wear one of my shirts. I'm like, why would I wear one of your shirts? He's like, I don't need those guys looking at you and getting, you know, material for later. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) All I can think of is like that scene in Silence of the Lambs where Clarice is like leaving the prison. Right. Yeah. We were basically just pedo bait, but we thought, (laughs) you know... These teens, they're going to come in to these hardened criminals and something about our Izod polo shirts are going to make them suddenly repent. It's going to happen. They're going to have a real come to Jesus moment later that evening. Um, (laughs) Um, Trying to be a lady and not, you know, latch onto that joke. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> we only ever got to perform for like invalids. Like they would take us to the nursing home and we performed for like the people that were almost gone. Like this is how they're spending their last day listening yeah. to a, a pitchy, pitchy Christian choir full of kids who didn't want to be there. Uh, I would say we all wanted to be there because we were then not home. 
So yeah. that was half of the joy. Uh, I signed um, up for everything to not to just get to just to have something to do as a homeschooled boy who never got out of the house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. So, that's, that's our nightmare. Want- <laughs> <laughs> now we're all experiencing being homeschooled. Oh my God. So uh, I'm getting the impression that you two go way back. Yes. So we lived Bonnie's grandparents moved onto my street. It was mine first um, in South Florida when she was about one and a half. They brought her down in a stroller and that's when we got to know each other. And then it was one of those things because Bonnie's mom was a single mother. And so we're like, well, we're going to go to this daycare. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Bonnie, you go to that. You know, we're going to go to church. Well, it'd be good because I'm working. Bonnie, go to that. So um, you can call me a young missionary. You can call me a trendsetter for her. But that's how she got involved in the church. And my parents were already, you know, deep in the Southern Baptist stuff. So like yeah. consummate carpooler. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Bonnie, did your mom ever take to, did, was your, did your mom ever have an investment in Christianity or is it just something that became your thing because of uh, your missionary friend? <laughs> <laughs> it, it did. But so when I was like um, three or something, they, they caught me not napping and I was memorizing the, the yeah, the, <laughs> it's a big one. So uh, there was just too much energy and they caught me memorizing the alphabet backwards. They're like, <laughs> okay, you need to, <laughs> you need to go somewhere. Something's and, wrong with this kid. Yep. So they took me to do an interview and I had to go there where, where we both went because the public schools wouldn't take me early. So, um, I went to the interview, they slapped me in there early and then harnessed all the energy. So I think the church part of it, it just always seemed like, Oh, this is what you do. You go to chapel on Fridays. I don't remember going to church per se so much until like junior high school. Okay. When it became more of a, um, oh, I know when my when when I switched to public school in eighth grade, a it was horrible. It was private school all the way up until up through middle school. Yep, it was Baptist private school all the way up until eighth grade, and then um, it was it was a shock, and I was I was exposed to all these people who I'd never met before, like Jews who were my favorite people <laughs> ever. Like everybody who was Jewish who I met in eighth grade was funny and smart, and I'm like, oh, where have these people been all my life? No, not in the Baptist church. So if only um, you could have moved on to the same street as a Jewish kid. Oh, if only. You're right. Um, so, so then that's when I remember thinking, all right, I better go back to the whole youth group thing, uh, to kind of have some sense of continuity there. Okay. Scared straight. <laughs> it was, did you go to the yeah. same youth group as the, as the church that you had been going to all those years? Was that at the same church from when you first oh, started yes. going up through high school? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's actually was, pretty wild to stay in one church that entire time. I don't know a lot of people. Were, who, no, we weren't vagabonds like the rest of you guys. Our church <laughs> right. was the church. It was huge. It had everything you could think of. It was like a mega church before mega churches 
came along because it was still traditional, but it was the one that even the people who weren't Christian would want to come to every once in a blue moon. And you talk about bad choirs. We had a really good choir and we put on this annual performance of the singing Christmas tree every year that people who had nothing to do with Jesus would come to see because it was a good program. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like, um, what was the one Casey that they did at, at Thomas road Baptist church in Lynchburg where, um, they would do this like big Christmas program every year and spend a shit load of money on this massive production. And it would just, I mean, and they would sell, I I don't think they sold tickets to it. Actually. I think it was just like a come one, come all like trying to get, if they can see the most incredible Christmas extravaganza (laughs) ever, we'll get them for the rest of the year. That's right. Not us. We sold tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Got to spend money to save souls. Yeah. Oh, if you do a YouTube search of like Baptist Church Christmas Camel, you'll see (laughs) you'll see a great video. This was after our time there. Apparently, the production values got way out of hand, and they were bringing this camel down the aisle, and then the camel just boop tipped right over onto a pew of people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Smushed half a pew. Yeah. Wow. Did anyone get actually injured? We don't care. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. That's fun. It's better to not know anyway. It's... No follow-up video to know. (laughs) But what what upset me, and I I think I told Karen this before, is when they would have like these animal wranglers, because we had a pony or something in one year of our singing Christmas tree. It's a donkey. There's not like a pony. Yes, a donkey Um, or a lamb or something like that. These animal wranglers, like they were not Christians. They're like, fuck it, I'll show up with my animals and, you know, walk down the aisle here. You know, make sure you evacuate your bowels and your bladder first. (laughs) I have like a bunch of Joe exotics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, when I was in high school, I was helping out with a VBS uh, at my church and they brought in, I don't know, whatever the theme was. Uh, for some reason, it was found reasonable to bring a camel into the church at the end of the week for the kids to see. They didn't even oh do anything. Oh my gosh. With it. They just like brought it in and everyone was like, whoa, camel. And then they like camel left. Like it was like a, maybe a 20 minute thing. Well, you know, it's, it's not a commonly known thing, but most communion crackers are actually camel meat. <laughs> just, just grind them up. <laughs> well, that's it. Can you imagine like your family business is raising livestock for churches? I mean, that's a real thing now. Well, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because because they, I guess they our, have a lot of events now where they need to bring in like sheep and goats and He's like yeah. a farmer, but like his whole year depends on like the nativity <laughs> scene season. <Yeah. laughs> like hoping for a good year this year. Yeah, they've now got you got your Easter in there, your Palm Sunday. You can right you know, Oh yeah, you can ride in on a donkey. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. so um we also had a thing toward the later part of our high school years where uh, if it was a holiday like Christmas, we would have a Christmas Eve service 
or New Year's Eve service just to kind of keep the high school kids out of trouble. Oh, like, oh, you get into so much trouble on Christmas Eve. Well, if you're home from, you know, if your friends are home from school and you might be tempted to go out with them and enjoy life, yeah. <laughs> drink. That was our, our whole focus in our youth group was don't drink, don't have sex for sure. And, you know, the don't dancing was a gateway. Mm, yeah, it's, that's scary. Okay. Dancing scary. Uh, yeah. So they talked to us about dancing, but no one danced. Like our school didn't have any dances, and it was all the same people. So like I don't know why we spent time talking about that, <laughs> but we did. It was like just in case, you know, Random just in case game. you're hanging out in your parents' living room, and you know some music comes on, and you get the urge to just start dancing with each other. You gotta, you gotta watch out. Someday you're going to leave this place, this safety of, of <laughs> safety, and you might be at a wedding, and people are, are drinking beer, and they're dancing. <laughs> it's going to look like fun, and it's not. It's not fun. You're going to want to participate in a flash mob, <laughs> but you've got to be careful. It's not going to be fun when you're burning in hell, right, guys? <laughs> Too much hip. Too much I'm hip. I'm going to be drunk. <laughs> So when you were both in high school, I'll start, I guess we'll start with you, Karen. What, um, like, what was your level of buy-in to the whole thing? Were you just super deep into it or was it just something you did to do or because it was part of your life and your family did it? Like, I'm curious to know, like, how you internalized it or how you think you did, I guess. I was definitely, like, all my identity was with our youth group. Okay. So just today on Twitter, there's some people who are tweeting like my starter pack for high school and they mm. put four pictures and, you know, they might have a picture of Nirvana and then a picture of, you know, I don't know. Um, and I thought maybe I should do it with just uh, a cross necklace, <laughs> a Bible and a little carry thing. Um <laughs> some assorted highlighters and (laughs) an Amy Grant, you know, album or something. So I was definitely, I was horrified of even thinking about dating a non-Christian. It it might've, you know, it equated to dating a a Satanist, like those were (laughs) interchangeable. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, never drank, never uh, I was never even offered drugs. No one even wasted thinking about that on me. Um, <laughs> and my core group, yeah, we're all our church friends. What can we yeah. tell about the time that you did date the guy who was not from the church and what they... Well, I felt God calling me because this guy <laughs> had a nice body. And so... <laughs> I, started dating him and then and he wasn't a christian i was totally you know that really did mess me up i was just like oh god um and then he came to school one day and he's like guess what i did last night and i'm like went to the gym you idiot and he's like no i um i got saved and i was like what what because it was like a you know that would have been like a monday night And he said, yeah, some people from your church came over. So my youth minister got the one other gym rat that (laughs) 
<laughs> at our church and said, you come with me because you're going to be able to identify with this guy because Karen's dating a non-Christian. And they went over and did a door knock and asked to go inside and did the whole thing with them. And he was like, oh, this means I can spend more time with my girlfriend, I'll do it. So <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was so humiliated, like that they just popped over to my boyfriend's house. Oh my God. That's who, who commissioned that? Like, did the youth pastor just decide that that was like the thing to do? I did think parents? A few people, they were very concerned. So I think there was some discussion, like, you know, we got to watch out because Karen is dating a non-Christian. And then somehow, yeah, all of it sort of bubbled together and someone came up with that bright idea to oh my humiliate God. me. How fucking funny <laughs> is it that that they this kid not being a Christian, like they go to his house. They just probably what in 15, 20 minutes, give him the quote unquote gospel <laughs> message. And he's just like, OK. And they're like, oh, our work here is done. Like, that was the easiest salvation we've ever had. I mean, yeah, they heard what they wanted and were just like, if that's not indicative of what, like, Christianity has become, of just people hearing what they want and moving on, is I don't even know what it is. That's incredible. And the strange thing is he really thought he was saved. Like, he had no change of heart. <laughs> like, he... It wasn't explained to him enough that he understood the real concept. So he shows up and he tells me that. And then he shows me he around his neck. He's wearing um, a like old cross necklace his mother had <laughs> given him, you know, a long time ago. And it was the one with the Jesus still on it. So I wanted to say wrong one. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know. My Lord and Savior <laughs> came off. Cross. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate the sentiment, but he uh, fire insurance. <laughs> when we were at um, when Casey, do you remember Humble? Was it Humble Tip when we were at Liberty? Um, <laughs> that terrible what? name. There was a there was a rapper at Liberty. Was, uh, sorry, I mean. He was Sorry. a nice guy. I, I knew I him a little bit. What to be offended by here? <laughs> he, he, no, yeah, so we'll the get. It. There's a few things. Uh, so yeah, he was a rapper uh, at Liberty. He worked there. He was like a recruiter. Um, oh, and his rapping. name, he went by the rapper name Humble Tip, and that was always funny to us because it was like a lot of different <laughs> variations of like Humble, just the tip, things like that. <laughs> of course, yeah. that's the direction you're going to go in. And was he a white guy? No, he was he was a black guy. So I I don't think I know that dude. He was the black guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said ah, oh, there's there, um, but he had this song um, called no no. It was like put it was like put your uh, SPF on, and it was like salvation prevents fire was what the acronym was for, oh, and it was no. really embarrassing. <laughs> it's on you. I mean, find it on YouTube. It's a good listen. Uh, Gotta yeah. write that down. Yeah. The chimes now. <laughs> Is it humble tip? Uh, put your SPF on. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you had a lot of uh, musicians coming out of Liberty. Yeah, it definitely was a breeding ground for that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. I guess actually I don't know which one specific. I, I know of a few um, and, and that certain people. Would, uh, there was a lot of contemporary Christian artists that had uh, like went to Liberty or had a Liberty affiliation for sure. There yeah. was a ton of bands. 
like while we were there, there was tons of bands. Right. Yeah. I believe you it. know, when I was in school in Athens, Georgia, there were tons of bands. So I get to say that, but you guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. So, Bonnie, uh, what was your what was your buy into this? So, wait, first, Karen, actually, were you the like a uh, the bring a Bible to school, try to convert your friends type, or did you just do no, school and then no, no. then your identity and friendships were really just in youth group? Yeah, yeah. I think I was. So we had this thing called evangelism explosion and it was like this class you did and then they would take you to go out and witness. And of course, they gave you these really tacky gold tone pins that said EE on it. And my hope was like when they drop us off at the mall that someone is just going to come up to me and go, nice gold tone pin you got there. Do you have any life lessons for me? Because I was too, like, I could never go up to anyone and even know where to start with the witnessing. So I was, I wanted to, but um, yeah, I was much too shy and too scared and all that. But I was definitely also too shy and too scared to do anything out of bounds so yeah your your shyness and your uh, nervousness wasn't didn't outweigh their need to not burn in hell for all of eternity that's nice Kim. no exactly <laughs> if god but wanted the, the, him wearing then, the pin thing is a realtor trick like oh if i wear my pin on my outfit uh and i just happen to be stopping in at walmart you know, in between showings, then someone will go, oh, my God, you're a realtor? I need to buy a house. Are we talking about a pin? P-I-N. She wore a, she wore a lavalier pin. Yeah. Like a, like yeah. a bad fraternity lapel pin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if um, this is just my experience, but I have never seen someone wearing a pin and walked up to him and like, oh, what that? What's that? That's cool. <laughs> Nice pin. Exactly. Just so, that. That's fun that they thought that that would work. The, the people who developed that program had asked a lot of people about their pins before and were like, <laughs> Man, I do this all the time. Everybody fucking loves pins. We should start a program where we just give out pins to kids and people will ask them about their Lord and Savior. Yeah. Or a brooch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, like Bonnie, I wanna, so, what about you, Bonnie, when you were in youth group? Was this like a. Um, was it the same thing for you? I mean, what, what was your experience like? I remember thinking that it was real, but that I didn't quite go along with the notion that no one else's religion could be correct. And I thought, well, mm. what about all these people I like who, again, you know, are Jewish? Um and I thought, well, you know, I can I can enjoy what they're offering, but not be so, you know, so snotty and so um, superior to think that ours could be the only religion. There's just no way. That's just the what? devil talking. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you, you're clearly the first one in your friends group to throw away everything, weren't you? Oh, but I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> That's the, I mean, that's, that's my ability is I can, I can be, um, you know, every man 
and and blend in with whatever crowd is believing whatever. And then I'll keep my thoughts to myself and then, you know, go along with things and, and be a part of the youth group. And I was the youth group president there. Senior you guys had year. President? I don't even yeah. remember that. Shut up. It's because you had <laughs> denial because you were jealous. It was a self-appointed <laughs> title. <laughs> it was not. Karen, you ran a mean campaign, but you lost. Get over it. <laughs> you got your gloves. That's all you got. <laughs> but I will tell you, um, so we're we're playing tennis one day in phys ed or whatever you guys call it. PE, we called it. And mm. I remember um, we learned the song, Shut de Do, Keep Out de Devil. And it was sung like, what? you know, yeah, it was sung like a Caribbean island accent. Oh, kind of thing. That sounds awesome. Shut, yeah. It's oh, a great song. All over YouTube. Yes. It is all over YouTube. So, and they all sing it with the accent. Shut de Do, Keep Out de Devil. So I was playing <laughs> tennis with my friend Rachel who is Jewish. <laughs> so uh, I taught her the song and we were singing it while we we're playing. And I remember walking away going, maybe, maybe that'll be witnessing to her. Maybe that's my little <laughs> really super, super subtle, smooth way of doing it. And then she went to Yeshiva University and it didn't, didn't take. They didn't. Um, no. That's but, like uh Sharing a, a Christian band with one of the public school kids. Yeah. <laughs> Just giving you a little taste. A little oh my taste gosh. And in good. ninth grade, I had to write a speech for our speech class. And I remember thinking, this is exactly what Jesus would want me to do. He would want me to take this opportunity where I'm going to have to give a speech to people and share the gospel. Yes. So I tried to turn the gospel into a speech that was a persuasive speech and it did not work out. <laughs> I was like, that's when I was like, I can't persuade people based on this stuff. It's in the Bible. It's not, it's not a generally accepted book where you can use it as persuasive speech material. So I ended up doing a report on hospice care. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a pivot there. Do you mind have on? Um, was did Lee Strobel's book, A Case for Christ, not come out yet? I don't know. I wouldn't have read it if it had. That was oh my we were already, yeah, we were on the right side. We didn't have to worry about it. And you know, whenever we were failed witnessers, we always would just remind ourselves we planted a seed. That's all we needed yep. to do. Yep. That seed yes. will grow. Planted a seed. But did you water that seed later? Because if you didn't, you fucked up. <laughs> That's, that was, we heard that was Liberty's, uh, yeah, responsibility. Liberty's liberty. liberty. <laughs> you want to get your seed wet, Liberty's the spot. Well, so I will, I, I will tell you that, that we went to, at least as far as uh, when I started doing everything there, it was Sunday school. Um, on Sunday, and then church service, and then when we were old enough, we would then go out to lunch with the church people, and then we would usually go to the beach with the church people. And you would wear home. a one-piece or a modest tankini. Absolutely. Or, yeah, of course. But then go make out with my boyfriend in the dunes and have, you know, 
this other guy find us. That was ah, nice. Um, yeah. Fun. Did you get a talking to? <laughs> no, he was only a year older. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway, um, he was just staring. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, was he just staring or was he doing something else too? He was praying. You, and I think that's who it was. It was nothing, none of the above. <laughs> his, his hairline and his eyes over top of the dune. <laughs> but um, so let's see. It was Sunday, Sunday, go home, shower, go to Sunday evening service, and then go to a dinner afterwards with the church people and then get reprimanded occasionally by the management to our youth pastor to tell us to tip. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I hate how cliche that is. I know. I know. And um, then let's see, there was Wednesday. Wednesday was choir rehearsal and then youth group and then church service. So it was a, it was a lot of hours. Yeah, Bonnie, that you had a busy. Uh, that's a, I didn't even. I don't know if that's just because uh, I feel like in New England it wasn't quite as busy. Like I always did non-denominational churches, so it was like I just had church on Sunday mornings and then youth group during the week. And occasionally yeah. there'd be like a Bible study that got started up that I would always uh, probably go to. But all non-denominational churches, you have to get there early and stay there late for the chairs, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I've done my fair <laughs> share of that. Is that true? Um, yeah. yeah. Actually like in the YMCA. Back all, yeah. They all got to do the folding funny. chairs and put it on this big rack where we, God <laughs> blessed us with permanent pews. Um, but I remember I would start even earlier on Sundays because they would use uh, probably starting second grade or first grade us for babysitting the babies. So it was like, this, oh. you know, um, child labor where we're <laughs> doing all the diaper changes and then there's just one adult woman in the room. And of course she takes the one rocking chair <laughs> and the sleeping baby while we're sweating running around. Um, but yeah, we live there. Even to this day, I can think nobody in their right mind, even when I was a child would ask me to babysit. <laughs> I babysat one time in my life and it was for a college professor who I guess just didn't know me. <laughs> you're in college you're probably old enough to babysit right <laughs> like, i'm like what did, did you both go did you go to separate colleges and go oh, your own no. ways no we went to the same we went to the same high school and then we went to the same college and we're roommates nice. we didn't we didn't hang out in high school much together. We were in two different, very cool groups. I was in (laughs) choir and she was in theater. And then, um, but then yeah, in college, they actually put us together, I think. And no, this is awesome. I was going to head to university of Georgia and then decided to stay, uh, in town. And my mom said, well, I'm not getting you a car. So why don't you go live on campus? And so I was talking to somebody and they're like, you know, Karen's living on campus too. And so then we were like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So So we we both lived in town and went to school and lived in the dorms to get the college experience. But this wasn't Christian college? Yes, it it was. was. It was connected to. If you said that and I missed it, I'm going to look stupid when people listen to this later. Connected to the same church that we grew up in. (gasps) I love when colleges do that. Yeah, it's a compound. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) It's a total compound, but, you know, 
walk into church was pretty quick. Did so. you pursue secular degrees? Well, I, let's see, I did what everyone started out with, psychology, because we all thought it was so cool. And then I switched to English. Um, but Bonnie left two years through is when she realized everything was bullshit and she left. Ooh, early yeah. onset. Mm-hmm. That's well, tough to do from a Christian college. because yeah. No, no it was boring. Friends. It was boring. It was the most exciting time of my life. (laughs) Yeah, but I was obsessed with like the movie Animal Um, House. But yeah, so I I know for a fact there are other things to do in college, (laughs) and I uh, wanted to go experience life. But I remember the day that it happened, and this is part of our story that we tell on the air sometimes. On the air, that's funny. Um, I wanted to talk about one of the concepts that one of our teachers was professing in class. And, um, and I asked one of our guy friends uh, about it. And I said, what do you think about blah, 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 blah. And he goes, it's because God said. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, but when you think about it in this, con- nope, God said. I'm like, what? So that was his way of college. And I didn't like that because I thought that we should discuss things. And then I was like, if my friends are just saying, because God says, well, you know, that's not talking it over. So that was kind of like your, the beginning of your exit then? It was just the- of that, from that school. And, and yeah, from that school, I went home and I'm like, all right, get my application back in there. <laughs> I'm leaving next year and told my mom and she's like, well, you've got to give me a good reason why. And I was like, uh, because this is not the college experience that I was hoping to have. And <laughs> like, all right, because, mom, I want to party. I want to drink <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because <laughs> I've seen animal house. <laughs> so she, she became a heathen and that's when we lost her to the world. Did you, was there any rift in your friendship when that happened? I don't no. think so. Um, no. I was, you know, by then you start developing all your friends and all that. So I think everything was, yeah, totally cool. Um, she was still my maid of honor when I got married. Wow. So. That's cool. Lifelong friendship. And now you're podcasting together. That's really neat. Yeah. And we both had Amy Grant hairstyles at her nice. wedding. <laughs> I had an Amy Grant jacket, too. <laughs> Did Amy Grant become, didn't she do something that made Christians hate her? Yes. One, uh, she did wear jeans, and that <laughs> was an issue to some people. I had never heard of that, but someone told me, um, yeah, we can listen to her because of the jeans. But when she, <laughs> she, went mainstream as in she thought that was good people thought that was bad so that was one rift or that's number two if you count the genes (laughs) and then the third was she got a divorce okay that's right yeah so she you know was really messing up so two years ago I live in Nashville I used to go to church with where Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and all them went but Years ago, but um, I think it was like two years ago. I don't like concerts. I just, they're not my thing. 
But my <laughs> husband wanted to surprise me and got me tickets to the Amy Grant Vince Gill Christmas show, which they do every year. <laughs> Everyone has driven in from Branson, Missouri, and you know, Alabama, and they're all excited. It was terrible. <laughs> Vince Gill's amazing, but I just was like, this is making me so sad. Oh. <laughs> it's just like Amy Grant's still trying to hold on to it. Like she's very good and people love her for what she does. But when you grew up in it in that different way, you just sort of, uh, yeah, it was hard to take. Yeah. It's like your, your perfect picture of this perf- old memory is just like shattered. Now it's just old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. Like you, you mentioned Branson, like that is Branson in a nutshell. It's just right. like has-beens uh, giving it their best last shot before they die. Making yeah. money. I know. I hear <laughs> you can money. get some really good um, silver, colloidal silver, is that it? To yeah, cure yeah. COVID there from Jim Baker. <laughs> Jim Baker. <laughs> colloidal silver cures everything. Yeah. That's right. I snort that in my nose <laughs> every morning. And I'm not kidding because this woman who I work with, her physician told her to take it and she got one for me. And I'm like, whatever, can't hurt. <laughs> sniff, sniff. But about the Amy Grant thing, today, if she was a Christian singer and she went mainstream, she would be heralded. Especially yeah. in like the what do we call it the uh, the money gospel? What is it called, Karen? Prosperity gospel. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a really fun point because you're right. I think if she had because I mean Christianity's been obsessed with like, Casey and I have talked about it a little bit before. Uh, as has anybody really. I'm not, but it's um the like the whole parallel institutions thing where if there's a whatever it is, they create a Christian version of it and. Right. So, like, that was so important with their contemporary Christian music. Like, well, we have our music, but – and when people would leave it, it was seen as, like, being over – like, taken over the dark side. But yeah, I think you're completely right that if if Christian musicians now ended up having a degree of mainstream success, it would be – it would be heralded. They'd be like, now you can witness to such a broader audience. This is going to be great. Like, they would consider it something to be – yeah, and I don't think that there's much in the way. I don't think people care about purity anymore, do they? Oh, yes, they do. What? Yeah. Where have you why? Been? Okay, so why does Justin Bieber get such a pass? Oh, the same reason Donald Trump gets crowd. a pass. <laughs> because who fucking cares if they were famous before? Like, I think he gets the pass because it's well. First of all, he doesn't really. I think a lot of people in like real, like more like the real evangelical culture think it's kind of a. We, I don't know. I don't know that people okay. are fully on board with him, but there's, and there's like, I don't, it's hard to, I think, parse it out, but with like the, cause this is, I mean, this is like in the, the wake of Carl Lentz and Hillsong. Yeah. A lot of evangelicals aren't like, they'll do Hillsong music because it's like, whatever, they don't discriminate when it comes to shitty music, but, um, <laughs> 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 but when it comes to like the theologies of, uh, Hillsong and their affiliates, I don't think they're super on board. Um, 
but I think in the same way, though, if anyone is giving him a pass, it's like when Do- Donald Trump was a baby Christian, so they just gave him a pass on being shitty. And then I think they'll do that with anyone who already has a level of notoriety and then they – Who can fu- bring in the like, bodies. Yeah, yeah. They'll start like kind of crossing over and Nitpicking finding something them. appealing about Christianity or pretending like they do. Which and- brings me to the question – what do you think of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s pelvic uh, uh, area? Well, it's pelvic it's area for one. It's nice. Pelvic cleavage. <laughs> pelvic cleavage? <laughs> yeah, the, the picture with the zipper, right? Oh, God. Yes. That was so funny. Yeah. Um, what do I think of it? <laughs> I don't know. I think. <laughs> Did you always, I mean, was it around Liberty like. He's just a, a figurehead type person, and yeah, we we've touched on this a little bit before, so I don't want to be too lengthy okay. on it. But um, basically, like when he first came in, he wasn't like no one really knew much about him. He was just, uh, I mean, he was a lawyer, uh, and he was like seemingly fine at it. But there was nothing particularly special about him. Uh, Jerry Ju- uh, Jerry Senior divided up his church and university between his two sons. Um, so Jerry Junior got the school and ran, ran that, and then Jonathan Falwell got uh, the church and became the pastor of that, and. I mean, I would say within a year, um, Jerry, within Jerry's first year, he would say and do things where I don't know, like that's weird, uh, kind of practice, but it, it didn't take long before even the people who go there uh, and the people that I knew, cause my first year there was his first year as oh, okay. president of the university. And it was just one of those, like a lot of people were quickly like, I, I don't think that he's not he's not going to be any sort of like spiritual yeah like yeah, leader right. for the university he's just going to be doing businessy things but it it took a year for it to start turning very <laughs> republican yeah he was he wasn't like well spoken or anything he just seemed like kind of a at first it just seemed like him and his wife were just kind of nice people taking on the mantle of head of the college and then he started getting you know, real uh, mouthy about it. Hmm. Did you find yourself attracted to him? <laughs> to him? <laughs> to to his face? No. But he was, to, uh, not to, to um, his pelvic cleavage. To his pelvic cleavage. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm I'm flesh and blood human. You know, I mean, what what's you, what are you supposed That's to do? Right. I feel like uh, so. Is it is it fair for us to completely bash him with you? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, because uh, a few weeks ago I was down in Miami and I called Karen. I'm like, get her. I texted her. I'm like, guess what? I'm in front of the hostel. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. Like, if you drove by it, you would have no idea that there's a hostel there. It's like this jungle, uh, over overgrown area that's a tiny little side entrance next to some tiny little patch of a strip mall that's weird you would, yeah it's like it, built to be inconspicuous yeah. yeah well and for the listeners the hot the aforementioned hostel is um was something that i don't really know how we bought it it was with like with liberty money and for somebody but also like not i really don't know the legal 
Well, we know we know a little bit about it. Yeah, go back to our episode, Barry <laughs> Caldwell. Well, he and his wife became friends with a pool attendant at the yeah. Fountain Blue Hotel, and they did a lot of stuff together. Apparently, vacations and and such. And then he was like, "Oh, uh, you want to make a an investment with me?" And then he, the kid, decided this was the good investment to make. And I guess. Jerry Falwell Jr. didn't say, ooh, maybe not the best choice. But okay. it was a hostel that very much um, was LGBTQ friendly, uh, definitely oh. a party place because it was a block or two away from all the bars. There's lots of fucking and drinking going on there. Um, yes, it's I just think so. Everything, the hallways are black lights, which always makes me. Yeah, a lot of things that you would get fined for apparently at Liberty. Yeah, finder. We know about those. Yeah, I like to think of it as like a uh, an inconspicuous stable full of hot young stallions owned by a tired (laughs) old gilding. Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. Um, Did after college did any of did either uh, of you stay in the church for a while or was that? Uh, I went, I became a missionary. So I did youth with a mission between my YWAM. senior year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, can we have you back to do an episode on YWAM? I would love it. Okay. okay. Because, We're going to figure this out because I, I want to talk about this. I knew people who joined it there. I think maybe some of the people who joined it aren't the type of people who have the, a problem with it or would want to talk about it, but this right. would be a good time. Yeah, um, <laughs> happy to. So I did that, had a blast, and did it after what was called a discipleship training school after I graduated in Australia, went to India. Then I became a missionary. I ended up meeting my husband. We became missionaries. So I was deep in it while Bonnie was in, you know, it, no, you're for what it is secular. No, uh, wonderland. Of no, <laughs> no. After college, I came back here and joined the singles group at at uh, our church, and and dated this guy, and and went out with another guy, and uh, we did a lot of going to brunch after church. But then I left for Los Angeles after that. Yeah. I'm gonna say you did you did your stint as Jim Belushi and then came back and uh <laughs> rejoined the fold for the speed dating. <laughs> the singles group was very much about uh, finding a husband. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I did yeah. people in singles group at Liberty. Uh and it was basically like the yeah, I mean the Christian version of a dating app. You find a giant ass fucking church and you just join the singles group. And then when you get bored of all the people there, you just go to a new church and join that singles group. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. I would never have thought of going to a different church because it's like Karen said, we were we were the biggest one and it, like going anywhere else would have been um like settling. Mm. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I was a real Christian, so I was looking for (laughs) God speaking. But yeah, when I started YWAM, that's when I uh, things became much more non-denominational, and 
unfortunately, growing up Southern Baptist, we didn't know what non-denominational was. We knew us Christians, everyone else not Christians. That's it. And so (laughs) I thought non-denominational meant like, hey, all denominations are welcome. I didn't. And then right away got hit in the face with the speaking in tongues and the raising of the hands and very uncomfortable swaying. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's big. Was that, that all that stuff's big with YWAM, right? Yeah. Because yeah. my non-denominational was basically Southern Baptist in disguise. I mean, oh, okay. it was pretty like bland. Um, I mean, we were cool because you could wear jeans and T-shirt. But uh, <laughs> theologically speaking and when it comes to like the how reserved the music was and things like that, it was it really was just a Southern Baptist church that doesn't yeah. sign the documents or whatever they need to to get funding and be controlled. <laughs> you by don't them. have to pay the uh, Southern Baptist Convention union dues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our pastor ended up being the head of the Southern Baptist Convention for a what? Yeah. <laughs> He's Trumpy's number one. Oh, my God. Uh, he's in all those pictures. So um, he has since blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> but Were you such abusive? No, I actually, because he's in Texas, and he was posting all about, um, you know, that the, the cages they're keeping kids in aren't that bad. And so I was just like, you know, Hey, what's happened to you? Can you do something to take care of those kids? He told me I could email them, um, (laughs) which I haven't, but he did block me. And then, um, Later, I got on. Would you want your kids in those cages? Like, they're not that bad. Fuck you. If my kids broke the law, they would deserve to be in those cages. That's right. I mean, if they're gay, (laughs) an option. But um, but so then I snuck over on the deconversion therapy uh, Twitter. And he said something else. Trumpy. And I said, Trump has really changed you. And then later got a notification that I got all these likes. And one of them was from Kenneth Copeland. And I'm like, oh, wow. But he read, he must have read it the other way. Yeah. Like, Trump has really changed you. life. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize until today that Kenneth Copeland was on Trump's like evangelical outreach uh, committee or something. No. That's insane to me. Find it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, that's what's so fascinating is that between our Southern Baptist preacher, Kenneth Copeland, Paula White, who led him to Christ, all these different people, none of them can agree on theology. So Trump knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was just getting those votes by giving them all access to power. And then that just thrilled them beyond belief and they brought in the votes. Yep. I think all it was is, okay, if we can all agree, don't kill unborn babies, then we're going to get the vote. Yeah. And that's been the tactic since Jerry Sr., contributed to the foundation of the moral majority yeah it's pretty yeah we've it's it's almost just tires it's just tiresome at this point to hear the same exact thing like touted every two seconds and it's always yeah but the 
unborn baby. It's like, can you not even have a conversation about other things at this point? Like, I don't really know where to. Well, I, I when he I, said something, he said something after the election about like, let's have the courage to protect the unborn. And I, cause I tweet back at this pastor too, but mine are a little bit more um, chicken shit. <laughs> And I said, I said, it is also nice to protect the born. And, um, you know, a few people liked it. Nothing yeah. good like Karen's, but. <laughs> you don't get those Karen likes. That's tough. That, but, but, you know, I mean, we've established that my method for convincing people is very subtle and just <laughs> seed planting. I'm surprised you didn't hand out tracks on the street corner, to be honest. <laughs> I sang, shut de do. <laughs> Keep out <the> double. <laughs> um, okay, I gotta ask this. No humble tip. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get him to do a cover. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag him in this episode and ask him if he can yeah. uh, do a cover for that song. Uh, <laughs> it's always Karen, great when it's a pile of white kids doing it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you, Karen, you have this. There was this thing in your bio that I think is so funny that I wanted to ask about, and. Um, I don't know if this is when you were in high school or college or when this was in your life, but there is a story of having um, the demon of intellectualism uh, try cast out oh, of yeah. you or attempted to yes. be. Uh, yes. I, I please just expand that was multiple upon that. times. Multiple times. This your church and, was really scared of your intellect. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but the difference between. Uh, knowing who Jesus is and having him as your savior is 12 inches between your heart <laughs> and your head. Like all those stupid <laughs> things that we hear, you know. And when I was becoming baptized in the Holy Spirit, because, you know, I wanted to talk in tongues. I wanted to do what all these Y-Wamers were doing. And I couldn't do it. Like, I'm like, why is this not happening? They, that was the thing that they kept coming up against, you're thinking too much. And so that became, you know, it's a demon of intellectualism that you're thinking too much. So the, they tried to cast it out of me two different times, two different places, YWAM and then the church I went to, uh, Nashville. And um, Wait, yeah, were they affiliated with YWAM or did this just come up independently, two separate I, I was seen as intellectual twice, <laughs> wow. two different places. Um, not at any school I went to, but <laughs> at YWAM and then the church. And it was more because I was so earnest and I was so desperate to like, why am I not receiving these blessings that other people are? And it like broke my heart because yeah. I thought, I want to be as close to Jesus as I can, and this is a way to do it, and why can't I do it? So, yeah, I had, um, yeah, they tried to cast that out of me, and it never made me go, why don't they want me to think? You know, that never occurred. It was all just like, I've got to really conquer this and when the people would come by and touch people's heads and they'd be slain in the spirit i'd be like on one toe Ugh. like balancing hoping something would happen and <laughs> oh, man. you know it never did and i was always like why not me god so this yep the secular version of that i think is in the acting community when they say to you you're too much in your head 
Like you're right. thinking yeah. about it instead of feeling it. That's it. Yeah, but the problem is that I guess the big difference is you're trying to get into something, pretend like a character for a role. <laughs> is it really different? I know. I, is it really yeah, different? That's what I'm getting at. It's valid. <laughs> I, I, when I was it's at Liberty, I got no, I'm kidding. At Liberty, I got caught up with a. I don't want to say caught up. I, I honestly only have good things to say about this group of people, and they were really like it was an important part of my life for when I was involved in it. And I still, by extension, know some of the people who, who ran it and they're, they're just good people. And I, I don't have anything negative to say about them, even if I don't fall on the same side of the fence as they do on certain things. But I'm like, I remember feeling that need too when I saw people experiencing, or I don't know, you could put air quotes around that if you want, but th- that, having that emotional response to it or having uh, a word from the Lord or all these things, I started going to a charismatic prayer group and uh, did the whole thing, like the arms up swinging around dancing in the aisles while we all sang the same prayer slash song over and over again for two hours straight. Like, and I'm like, I look back on that and I'm like, that's a, I don't even really, I I know what I was looking for at the time or or chasing, I guess. um, Even if I didn't then, but it is funny when you find people who are having, and they're great. Like these were great people. And they were some of the first people that exposed me to more like liberal ideologies and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. As a Christian was like, Oh, it's okay to vote Democrat. It's okay to care about social programs. And that these were also the people who were having like the, the charismatic experiences. So, um, it was a definitely a stepping stone in my life, but, uh, it's such an interesting thing to think back on now. Cause I'm not entirely sure what was happening in me or what I was doing, but, well, uh, you know, I mean, if you think of other, again, secular other, well, it's not secular cause it was kind of religious, but George Harrison talks about chanting and he, he talks in some interview like, Oh, you know, there was one section of my life where for three days I drove through the Europe chanting this one chant. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not just it's not just you know the Christian offshoots. It's that's it's just that's a thing. If you look at any yeah. religion, there's somewhere where we're trying to do something to get to that emotional place. Yeah, uh, it's like you're inducing a uh, you're trying to like manually induce a uh, yeah like a psychological state. Yeah, Which, right. So I um I was having a uh, beer with some deconstructed people uh, last year. And one of them is still a church musician, but he was talking about how he used to go on the road. It was just some evangelist and him. And he knew like how to play all those dissonant chords over and over mm-hmm that you go into when you want people to like pray harder or feel Jesus bubbling up in you. Like it's a totally manufactured thing to get people's heartbeat going in a certain way. Um, And yeah, I thought everything was sincere. I was trying my damnedest and yep. Too intellectual for them. (laughs) So do, I mean, I definitely hear from you, Bonnie, that, you know, after you, your kind of exit in college and then uh, like as over the next few years after leaving that Christian college, that there was, you lost kind of all connection to it. Did you, Karen, did you lose all connection 
to like, do you have any affiliation or identification with Christianity anymore or no, I don't, um, except for being a disappointment to my family. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is, is gone. Um, yeah. Uh, I, but it took me a good 10 years probably to totally deconvert because I wasn't doing it in a time like now where you can find community online. Yeah. Uh, so, and I live in the South. Um, mm. So yeah, it, it took a long time. Yeah. That's, I remember uh, my mom and I were at a funeral in the last year or two and it was Episcopalian and the pastor or whatever he is in the Episcopalian church said, you know, anybody who's been baptized in the Christian church may partake of communion. And my mom whispers to me, that means we can take it. (laughs) 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 And so she gets up and she's like, are you coming? I'm like, no, I I would be the hugest hypocrite ever. I got (laughs) up just to take it. But, um, it was it was very now it's way easier to go no yeah you know? not yeah. not just because i'm lucky to have my mom then who you know is heathen adjacent i guess <laughs> um heathen adjacent i, guess. I like it but, but i'm still yeah my family some of them are still christian and you know i'll be like okay you want guys want to lead us in prayer like i go ahead and throw them the ball you know, yeah. I I have no problem with that. I come across people who um, really think you should, you know, stand up against certain people in your family. But for me, relationship, especially with elderly parents, is important. So, yeah, I'd like to keep keep the peace with certain people who I know that, you know, religion is their peacemaker and they might be at a stage in life or an age in life where I know they need that and I'm not going to be the one to take it away. Which sounds like a fairly healthy way to look at it considering that, I mean, my experience with people and I don't know who it's like, there's just a lot of people right now who are seem like they've converted from fundamentalist Christianity to fundamentalist atheism that now find it their mission to destroy it for everybody else. Uh, I think there's something to be said for critiquing the dangerous and unhelpful parts of it. And if that makes them mad, so be it. But um, I I think there's ways to, you know, I mean, even for myself, for example, I still participate in it to a degree. And I think there's ways to make it work in a way if you choose to, but I'm trying to like, I think that's something that I'm always experiencing and seeing is just like you traded one fundamentalism for another and it doesn't feel like you've actually found any sort of inner peace. Isn't that the goal? What, what about live and let live? Like if we did that, if we really did what that said, like you have your religion and I'll have mine and we're not going to try to shove mine on yours and yours on mine and we'll let each other live and we won't kill each other. <laughs> I think that that would be a really nice solution. Yeah. It'd be nice to get there. Maybe someday. And yeah. what I love is like people knowing that you're, that you're out or pretty much knowing that you're out. And so they'll throw in like little comments, like, like they're trying to plant that seed, you know, you know, that you're talking about something that's stressful or, you know, worrisome, you know, like all this stuff at the election. Uh, somebody will chime in. It'll be like, well, you just got to just got to keep going and have faith that God's in control. 
Oh, like, well, that's, that's you know, way too subtle for down here. <laughs> he was. And Biden's in and praise God. Oh, <laughs> no. How Lord. many? Do you guys have the, the Jesus 2020 bumper stickers? I know uh, you do, Karen. No. Oh, so yeah. What, so what I have, I didn't tell you this, Bonnie, but so there's a house nearby where we drive. They have had the Jesus 2020 forever i drove by the other day and it says jesus 2021 <laughs> so i don't know if they're like you know if maybe this councilman runoff will be in our favor oh or if it's you know i don't know but yeah i live in a very christian area with all your favorite christian singers and pastors and we have a Oh, I sent Karen a picture the other night. Every Friday night when the election was, you know, the run-up to the election, and then after, we would have the people with the Trump flags and the posters, and they would bring children, and they're still out there now. And I'm like, I'm not... from where Mar-a-Lago is. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. But that, uh, I'm like... That conservative, like, quarter-acre strip that runs all the way up the coast. <laughs> I don't know. I think they import those people because this, it's a very um, active street corner. But it's at this point, I'm like, what are you guys doing other than going outside on a Friday night and dancing to Disco Inferno? (laughs) Because that's what they were playing. And I'm like, if you're even making reference to burn down the Capitol, you're in big trouble with my, (laughs) like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might honk my horn. I might call someone. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I feel like I wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions outside of, um, you know, we got through here in your story and where you ended up. Um, Something that's been in the, uh, (laughs) in the, I don't want to say the news, but I don't know, certainly around Reddit in some interesting groups that like to discuss the problems of evangelicalism. has been some fun things about Dave Ramsey. Yes. Are you what guys, would you like to know? You, how familiar are you both with Dave Ramsey? Karen will know. <laughs> so Dave Ramsey, let's see, the guy two doors up worked for um, my friend. Oh, you know, people that work for him? Team. I can tell you stuff about his kid what do you want to know oh i actually was i didn't know you had so much inside knowledge i was actually just uh you know thinking about how interesting it is that all like the stuff that he has going on and the stuff that came out with him as a cult like like a cult like type work environment should Um, i be googling him now as you all talk you don't even know who he is maybe no i don't know we probably <laughs> talked about him, and I've blo- I've just blocked it out. Your church must have done a financial peace university, did I, it not? I taught it to teenagers. You yeah. taught it, yeah, at church. Not not like perfect. I did. They had like a student one, and I was working with youth groups at one point. So we were doing that like a six week thing. You know, it wasn't the hardcore. Okay. Yeah, I think I might have done a student version of it when I was in high school. Um, but my church, every church I've ever, I had ever been to up until I like post college had, um, had, had, okay. I'm saying that like, it's a lot. It was two, two churches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did a financial peace university. So Dave Ramsey is essentially, um, 
to be honest, looking back at what I learned and what he teaches on a financial level, uh, if you're someone who's in debt and has racked up credit card debt, it doesn't even seem like the principles are bad. Um, exactly. It's just yeah. pretty real practical type of pra- practical financial information uh, that can actually help you get out of debt. So I'm not even trying to knock the process, but apparently the dude has been absolutely crazy for quite some time. And like, if you, if he's going to hire you, he has to interview your spouse to make sure you're not married to somebody crazy. Um, he's had questions come up about like whether or not you can fire people for having an affairs. And he's like, absolutely. If you can't, if your wife can't trust you, why can I, um, he, he gets really invested in your personal life. And if, if anyone seems to be having if, if, if anyone in your personal life is making your work life more difficult or you don't give to him, you know, complete and total loyalty, he, he's more than happy to fire you because he demands in the way that Trump does complete and total loyalty. So, so he's a Christian? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Super indicated radio show. Very big, even with non-Christian. OK, so I, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question that's a whole poker in what you just said. So if his philosophy is if your wife can't trust you, why could I? Then why doesn't that apply to Trump? If That's your wife question. can't trust you, why should the American people? <laughs> Trump hasn't cheated on his wife. Is, is Ramsey a big Trump Of course guy? he has. Not, are you being funny? Or are you being sarcastic? I'm being. <laughs> I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying Dave Ramsey, along with all of his evangelical cohorts, don't believe Trump cheated on his wife they and had don't? a bunch of women pee on him in a hotel in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, but so they don't believe the whole Stormy Daniels thing? Uh not enough. I don't think. I feel like really? they. I think they feel like it's like I think they sweep it under the rug in a way that's just like, well, there's no way to know. And I think she just wanted to get money out of them, so they just paid her to be quiet to stop doing this. It's like settling out of court, essentially. I think they think it was just that was a lifetime ago. Like that was a different man at that right. point. Yeah, it's, he wasn't Christian then. Was is or, he a big okay. Trump guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, so. um I, I've been thinking what I can say without getting, I don't want to, you know, give away some people's information, but I will say, uh, I know someone very healthy who the sickest person I've ever known with COVID as in almost died a few times, uh, works there, got it in the summer from working there. Because now Dave Ramsey's a big no masker. Oh yeah, um, and it you know he's going to be a long termer, very sick. And the other thing I'm aware of, besides that, his sun might not be so bright. Oh, is <laughs> every time I get on LinkedIn, you know how they show you what jobs you could have, even though you're not looking for one. Yeah, all the time. They have such high turnover for writers. Now, I don't, that's what shows up in my algorithm. But it is every time I get on there, they're looking for writers. So the, yeah, the overturn must just be, or the turnover must be incredible that people don't stay there. I mean, his new thing was like, someone reported them to OSHA because no one took the masking regulations seriously. And I mean, he just let loose on how like he he's more than happy to to fire them uh if he Did finds out see, who they are 
Did you see where either he or someone responded to a journalist who had done, um, and this was in the last week or two, done an article about him, and then they sent a big email back just losing their shit and saying, oh, that guy thinks he's such a big man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this is his name. He lives here. Why don't you what? call him? Yeah. Oh, my what God. Is he, like, doxed somebody? Yes, yes. I thought that's what you were going to get at. No, yeah. now that we're all big Dave Ramsey fans. <laughs> Sam, bust out so, your uh, yeah, bust out so your I question. put a little game together for us to, to kind of close up here. Uh, when you were in youth group, did you ever do the icebreaker game, Two Truths and a Lie? Yes. No. Okay, so I have uh, two <laughs> I have uh, – that, you know, everyone sits in a circle, tells two true things about themselves and makes one up. And supposedly you get to know each other better that way. Uh, yeah. I, so we have two truths and a lie with Dave Ramsey. Um, <laughs> two of the things that I, we got two rounds. Two of the things I'm going to read are true things that he said, actual quotes. And one of them uh, I made up. And let's see if you, uh, Bonnie, <laughs> you are a little out of your element here. But we'll see if uh, you guys can tell the difference between them. Quote one. When hiring someone, you are employing more than just the person. You're taking on the whole family. And when they are married to someone who is domineering, unstable, or simply full of drama, you'll end up with a team member who can't be creative, productive, or excellent. Quote two, there is nothing more important than getting out of debt. It has, come, it has to come before your relationships with your friends and family because when we are in debt, all our relationships suffer because of it. And quote three. I'm so tired of being falsely accused of being a jerk when all I'm trying to do is help people. Those are all correct. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is, is the one you made up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't put getting out of debt before your relationships with your friends and family. Okay. Okay. All right. You snuck in a phrase. (laughs) <laughs> especially if you give your money to the church and that's how you get in debt i like that bonnie with no understanding of dave ramsey was able to figure that out oh, she has, karen's karen's just ascribing her values to james ramsey, or <laughs> dave ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> all right so round two we have uh quote one generosity is the cornerstone of those who build wealth and are healthy always be a giver to win at life and money Five, I will fire you instantly for your lack of loyalty, your lack of class, and the fact that you are a moron and you snuck through our hiring process. (laughs) Quote six, Jesus talked as much about money as he did about salvation. I think we should take that as a serious indicator that he cared about personal finances. I'm hoping it's the last one. Do I get to decide too? Yeah. Five. It is the last one. Jesus talked about <laughs> money as he did about <laughs> five, it's though. It's so funny. Right. <laughs> I, it's funny because, you know, it just leading up to this, I definitely gave away two of those in each round. <laughs> but they still sounded, I don't know. It's like still hard to believe somebody would say all of those things. <laughs> oh, it's just. And again, it's like, how are people going? This is fine. This is OK. Everyone should quit there. Okay. Oh, yeah. That place needs to go. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. People should quit a lot of things. <laughs> we don't have choices. 
because we need our stupid health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember his saying, don't shop in stores that don't have concrete floors. Um, What? What does that even mean? (laughs) It means like, don't go to the mall, shop, get your, your dockers at Costco. That's what he's saying. Okay. Did he? Uh, has, he must have had some investments in Costco at the time. Right. Also, exactly. I go to Costco has really, uh, honestly, some good deals on alcohol. I don't know if you've ever gone to Costco for your booze, but it's oh, they don't sell that here. Real deal. <laughs> I will buy some Kirkland jeans though. <laughs> like a boss and so Costco. You're going hard in with the denim now that you're no longer at liberty. Yeah, now that no one's feeling your pants to make sure they're denim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've developed a denim fetish over the years. <laughs> you get a full denim suit for uh, your. That's right. Do your Justin Timberlake suit. <laughs> oh God! Remember, oh, the old Lynchburg tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for uh, for taking the time to hang out with us and talk about yourselves and just talk about some stupid shit. It was really fun. You guys are great. Thank you. And (laughs) we're going to interview the hell out of you soon. Yeah, let's definitely get that. I want to let's get that scheduled. I I think that'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Casey, it's great to meet you guys. Yeah, good to meet you. Thanks, guys. What do you want? Well, first of all, uh, anyone who, um, you know, enjoyed this conversation, which better be all of you. Uh, you can check <laughs> Karen and Bonnie out with uh, the Deconversion Therapy podcast. Uh, you guys have been doing that for over a year. How long have you been doing your podcast? Two years. Two years. We're yeah. Like, Good for you. Yeah. We went over our 100th episode. We were going to do something fun, but then Christmas slash insurrection happened. Mm. So <laughs> we thought we'd postpone, but we will soon. But yeah, you can find us on. Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, um, deconversion therapy, and people can send in their funny stories because we do a letter sewed about once a month where we read everyone's like embarrassing, crazy uh, feeling up of jeans. <laughs> I love how we turned that into a real story, and that did not happen to Casey. If everyone needs to know, like Casey didn't have his pants felt up it's before choir break. That's right. I think the memory's implanted now. Yeah. I actually remember that that cold hand on the back of my dockers. <laughs> my dockers. We've got it now. Uh, yeah, definitely check them out on social media. They post a lot of funny things. We're we're striving to be as funny as they are with our Instagram. We just steal. That's, That's all, it. Karen. Just take other people's. I had I had one people. meme last year that I was so proud of, and maybe seven people liked. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disappointing when oh, you I make love when one. you post something. You're like, this is going to be a hit. You're like, what the fuck? Ten likes. Right. I know. In and they go, well, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> There, you missed how tall the tree in the Garden of Eden was. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like something that actually happened to you. A pretty close. We've got a few of those. That was really specific there. <laughs> it was pretty much, but mine was a thinker. So I know why people didn't like it. Yeah. Meme, right. yeah. Memes aren't Too for much thinkers. Effort. 
They, too they, much. Their spirit of ex, of uh, intellectualism had been exercised. <laughs> They're too lazy to walk the twelve inches from their heart to their head. You don't have the intellectual chops for this man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, of course, everyone can check us out on Instagram. We finally started a Twitter, uh, so you can find us there at JUC Podcast. I have we, uh, we're got to grow the following on that. Uh, I've never used Twitter in my life, so this is really a disaster. And but Twitter's find a good us on- place to read what's going on, not to yeah. have a conversation and to troll your former pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am going to give that a try. <laughs> but. Uh, that's pretty much it for us. I don't know if, uh, Casey, you got any last things to uh, throw out there that I missed? I don't think so. Uh, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and we will catch you next time. See you, everyone. Because he died on the cross, I put that SPF on. That SPF on. That SPF on. The veil was on. Hell is on. But I won't feel it because I got that SPF Yeah.